0: explorers before we get into this week's episode we just want to do our weekly routine of telling you if you're watching us on youtube go ahead and subscribe and like if you haven't done that already follow us on instagram and twitter and if you want to support us in a different way hit us up on patreon last but not least we have
1: i can just (laughs) see so much
0: better now (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to fuck that up Last of all, we have our hotline flashing on the screen and in the description. If you have a story you want to tell us, text us, call us, email us. It's not going to work. It's a phone number. But do whatever you want to share your story with us so we can share your story with the world. Thank you, guys, and enjoy the show.
1: Enjoy. Welcome back, Ford Explorers, to the Acid Cat Spirit Hour. I am the Colonel. This is Caleb, as you are probably acquainted, hopefully, by now, unless this is your first time joining us, in which case, welcome. This is going to get weird, probably, weirder than you expected. Uh, Caleb, how was
0: your week? How are you, buddy? Good, good. Uh, I've started working out again. Good, yeah, uh,
1: you're looking svelte.
0: Getting healthier body and mind. Yeah. But how's your week going?
1: Well, it's like a New Year's in July.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, one of my New Year's resolutions was to start or stop procrastinating. So here we are, six months later. I'm actually working out. Yeah, I'm not sure that one. I'm counts. actually fulfilling last year's. Yeah, I
1: work out all the time. It's that's not the issue. It's I never get around to it because I procrastinate. I have no issue working out. Well, good. I'm happy to hear that, man. Well, yeah, I had a pretty pretty normal week. Um, there's some fun stuff to talk about before we get into the main story today. Uh, the two biggest ones to me. Um, First of all, Avi Loeb, shout out. He's the Harvard professor uh, who's insisted forever that aliens are very much a real thing, Mm -hmm. uh, because he's correct, um, and has urged the government to look into it. Um, Obviously now sort of feels as though the government can't be trusted to, sorry about that, can't be trusted to look into it on their own. So he started a (laughs) project with a bunch of other fellow scientists to explore the stars and see what they can't find. Um, in more of a peer-reviewed fashion, that's called Project Galileo. So that looks pretty cool. We're obviously going to keep a close eye on that because, you know, we're alien boys. We're space we boys.
0: Love, we love space. Yeah. Uh,
1: and then the other one is uh, French researchers this week had to put a three-month stop on all uh, prion research. Prion's a uh, bac- bacterial um, infection of the brain. Um and they had to put a, a pause on it because two of the lab techs ended up getting this, di- this fucking brain disease. Um, yeah, and it, it just makes me immediately think of COVID, you know, yeah. it, just, it feels this just feels like we didn't learn it with anthrax and if we didn't learn it in Wuhan, and I'm not saying it came from a lab in Wuhan, but it could have come from, not to be that guy, but let's be perfectly honest until we know exactly where it came from the truth being told regardless of what happened uh we we play with this stuff all the time in labs you know yeah. I, I, when i was in high school i went to high school in Fikestaff arizona and that was after september 11th and they had a bunch of the anthrax that had been sent out um to news reporters and stuff which I, we should probably do an episode about when that happened um so stay tuned for that but you know so the idea that anthrax was just sitting in this lab in this small mountain town these sort of things do exist so having the stuff around is is definitely scary and while the research is definitely necessary to know what can be done with this stuff i think we're seeing some of the real consequences of getting into the really heavy levels of bio bio warfare and biotech yeah. i i look at something like this and <clears throat> i don't think that like the chip in your head is going to be all that scary because that whole thing to begin with like i don't know what the average Circle K employee thinks the government wants to do with their mind and body, but you're not a computer. I can't run, like I can't run a piece of spyware in your brain and use the little bit of assets that you do have. You're basically yeah. worthless. And I'm not saying that. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, that's a big fucking statement to make. That's not. I'm not saying class-based people are worthless. I grew <laughs> up poor as fuck. Yeah, I don't. That's not what I'm saying. I think that it's all bullshit. <clears throat> I just mean that. Like <laughs> it. The likelihood that you're gonna be asked to be an assassin Jason yeah. Bourne or whatever is pretty ridiculous. And <laughs> it's not, not going,
0: the, they're not gonna get the overweight, middle-aged man that works at a gas station yeah, dude, be the like, Manchurian in Canada. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly, exactly. Right yeah. be flipping hot dogs on the roller and be like, I'm gonna assassinate the president. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> like the, the secret words aren't, you know, fucking flaming train car. <laughs> yeah, flaming hot Cheetos. And goes into action. Uh, the slushy machine is empty.
0: Do you think uh, when we do get brain chips, uh Todd Howard is gonna try to sell Skyrim on it? <laughs> it, it just works. It just works.
1: Hey. Just wait until Skyrim causes your brain chip to crash. You it's, feel old. Yeah, grandpa's been in a coma. He tried playing that game he used to play when he was younger and I don't know, it just it
0: ruined his chip. And as soon as he got to Whiterun, his brain overheated. <laughs> Exactly. You feel old yet? Skyrim was released ten years ago. Eight years ago? Five (laughs) years ago? Three years ago? It's Uh, like...
1: They don't. It doesn't get the same complaint that uh, Grand Theft Auto Five does, but yeah. it's just as persistent.
0: They put it out on the Amazon Echo. I like, know oh, you can <laughs> play it on your refrigerator. Yeah. It
1: reminds me of when I was in high school when we were messing around in, in math class instead of doing the math we were supposed to be doing. You know, we we're installing games on our calculators and stuff, and we used to. I used to play Super Mario Brothers three on my TI eighty nine all the time. Yeah. Or it might have been a 91. I don't know. It was whichever one had the slightly nicer graphics chip. Because you had to be able to run the the game. Anyway, what are your news stories,
0: Caleb? Uh, My first one is a revolver that killed one of the most famous wanted men in the Wild West 140 years ago. is up for auction. Oh. Uh, That revolver being the revolver that killed outlaw Billy the Kid. Oh, William the Child. William the Child, my favorite Wild West. William the Younger. (laughs) (laughs) Billy the Boy. Uh, So... Prior to his killing, uh, there was a <laughs> Little boy <famous> Bill. Quil- <laughs> little Bill. <laughs> I'm Billy the Kid. Oh, yeah, little boy Bill. I'm
1: Billy the Kid. Show me some... Re- put respect on <laughs> my name. I'm the most
0: fearsome outlaw in the West. I'm um, Lil' William. <laughs> um, the, the judge sentenced Billy the Kid to hang, and he said, you're sentenced to hang until you're dead, 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 and Billy responded with, well, you can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> but this gun is going up for auction, the starting bid is two million dollars
1: well yeah i mean that's a that's inexpensive we talked um we talked about the db5 yeah going missing that car's worth millions and millions of dollars and even more so now i don't know how you'd sell it once once <laughs> you found it now be like, where where'd you get that Fell off the back of a truck
0: uh but just the inflation and um interest in wild west memorabilia over the past couple of years in 2008 uh, the gun, This gun sold for $64,000. Oh, wow, yeah, that's so nuts. So, in 13 years, it went from $64,000 to 2 to $3 million is what it's being estimated to be worth. The gun has the same uh, value and inflation of uh, a college degree. It does, and it's funny to think he probably bought that gun for like $2.50 out of a, like a Sears catalog. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally, yeah, if the, if, if um, Red Dead has taught me anything from a, a sassy uh, gunsmith
0: outside of Arkansas. Uh, my second story is goldfish. <laughs> giant goldfish are taking over a Minnesota lake. I saw these, the little muscle boys, man. They're yeah. they're stocky little fish. They're huge and they got little faces with like little overbites. So yeah, they like they look like Matt Gates. <laughs> they do. <laughs> uh, far less pedophilic though. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, because they're goldfish. <laughs> Um, but these giant goldfish are taking over a uh, pond in Burnsville, Minnesota. And it's because the owners of Pet Goldfish have been dumping yeah. their presumably dead goldfish, but and aren't they? Circus dead.
1: fish and stuff.
0: Yeah, into the lakes and ponds and they're all connected land of a thousand lakes or whatever. Um, million, however many lakes are in Minnesota <laughs> the, It's the land of butter Wait,
1: land, land of lakes? lakes. 10,000 lakes? I don't know, I can't remember uh, There's a bunch of Land water. of lakes, where everyone looks <laughs> like butter I just know uh, the only Minnesotan that we both know Every time we bring up the fact that there's allegedly 10,000 lakes there He's very quick to point out that Wisconsin has more lakes
0: Which is weird, it's like it's it The only thing your state's really got going <laughs> yeah, for yeah. you It's a it's weird thing to
1: like, I, Listen, I know Prince is dead,
0: but that lakes
1: <laughs> thing is bullshit too
0: uh, but the reason it's a big issue is because they're destroying the water quality uh, by mucking up the bottom sediment and ripping plants. Did that yeah uh, that makes sense So they're super invasive and they're just kind of terrorizing.' Them. the worst part of you guess they're eating everything <laughs> in your fridge and literally shitting on the floor. So uh, it's n- no pun intended a big issue with these giant goldfish a big fish issue big fish God damn it. <laughs> <dude. laughs> Uh, But yeah, the lake is called Keller Lake. Um, These are like the size of fucking trout Like, Yeah, they're really big. I could throw
1: one up in the edit here because they're massive fish. They're definitely worth observing. They're enormous. I mean, there's like a certain quality that an animal takes on when it is clearly bigger than it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, um, I think COVID had a lot of people home gardening for the first time so you see all these people who are like oh look at this fucking huge zucchini i grew and it's like yeah because you're supposed to pick it when it's ripe when yeah, it's a little that's bit that's gonna taste like garbage yeah it's gonna taste like nothing now because it's huge it's gonna be bitter and taste like crap and i wonder i'm a i wonder what these goldfish taste like yeah i wonder if you could fish them and if you could fish them what that experience is like because i've caught a lot of fish i've caught um i would love to say i've caught a lot of huge fish i have not but i've definitely caught some like Caught they, a lot of
0: medium fish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I could only imagine what it's like to fight with a fucking eight-pound goldfish on the line. And to just give you an idea of the scale, last November, wildlife officials had to remove a truckload of 500,000 Wow. Of these giant goldfish. Whoa, whoa. What's that even look like? How many? 500,000? F- yeah, it's uh,
1: goldfish about this big, and there's about 500,000 of them. That's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's <laughs> a fucking funny guy. There's, like, people who make YouTube careers doing now but visual <laughs> videos. Because as it turns out, like, more than 400 of pretty much anything... It's overwhelming. Yeah, it's yeah. mind-boggling to look at. Um, f- 500,000 fish... <laughs> Is an insane, my phone is having a reaction to that. It's such an insane number of fish. It's
0: roughly a truckload of fish.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, in America we measure it by football fields. That's so true. It's two football fields of goldfish.
0: Um, that's only if you're jumping over something. No, it's football fields. <laughs> yeah, if
1: evil evil's involved, it's football fields. Uh,
0: but to take a turn, We are revisiting, as we stated last... Was that last week or two episodes ago? I don't know what you're about to say. We had a redacted episode. We did. We had a redacted episode. Um, This week is going to be over that same topic, and hopefully it doesn't get pulled again. Yeah, yeah. Um, We encountered... Almost every issue we could when we recorded the last episode. Yeah, and then met. Uh, we received
1: some communication after putting it up, and we decided that we were going to take it down.
0: We did, but we believe we smoothed things over. Let's hope so. And uh, <laughs> if this is our last episode, you know why. Yeah, is, um, you, there's a trail to follow. But this week we are going to be talking about the Om Shinrikyo.
1: Yeah, otherwise uh, currently known as two different factions known as Aleph. Or Hukari Noa, Yes. But yes. Uh Om Shinrikyo. A doomsday cult unlike most Doomsday cults. Yes. <laughs> uh
0: the weirdest Yeah, We've smooth things cult. over,
1: so we're gonna be real candid this episode.
0: So the Om Shinrikyo was uh, founded in eight nineteen eighty seven. Yep. Uh, by Shoko Asahara. He was a 40-year-old, legally blind, former yoga teacher. An absolute butthead. He was the worst guy. And you might be thinking, do we need to... You hear preference? that, fucker? We're going to say it this time. You might be thinking, yeah, he was the leader of a cult. Do we need to say he was the worst guy? Yeah. I'll tell you why he was the worst guy. Yeah,
1: because I... Well, and some cult leaders, you know, like Jim Jones, people like that, definitely exist under a veil of... Um... Uh, Magnimity? You know, like... Yeah. The people's temple people went to the people's temple in San Francisco with Jim Jones because it was a place that welcomed everybody in a time where people were demanding equality yeah so I think sometimes you can run a cult in a somewhat altruistic fashion I mean even you could argue David Koresh while very self-serving what they were doing in Waco wasn't His intent was not to kill those people. Yeah. Shoko's intent was to kill those people. Yes. It was always to kill those people.
0: It was. Um, And before we talk about the cult, let's talk about the man. Yes. Asahara was born March 2nd, 1955. His birth name was Chizu Matsumoto. Yeah. Um, And he was born into a very poor family. He was the fourth son of seven children. There are five boys and two girls. Real middle child vibes. Yeah. This whole Uh, story. His father was a tatami mat maker. Yeah. Um, Which, if you guys have ever watched Forge Didn't Fire, the, the mats that they cut <laughs> in That little fucking dork and his sword, that's what he's cutting. Uh, and his mother was a stay at home mom uh, to take care of these seven children. Well, like I said at the beginning, he was legally blind. Yep. So he went to a school for the blind because he was born with infantile glaucoma. <clears throat> But he wasn't actually incapable of vision. No, he could see. Yeah. One, uh, his left eye, he was almost entirely blind in. His right eye, he just had like a glaucoma. So it was fuzzy, but he could still see. And he thought that made him better than everyone else at yeah. blind school. Like, <laughs> it definitely did. So he was constantly in trouble for bullying the other students because he could partially see and he made fun of him for being blind.
1: Which is just the, I mean, I understand the desire to do that. You know, like you, you, everybody, when you're, bu- when you're bullying, you have to punch down. Yeah. Regardless of if you're a middle child or not. And this guy's a real middle child in life. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I'm a wrestling fan and there's a really mean thing that was said once about Triple H that's very accurate because he's a turd, and it was that he's a six that was pushed like a 10, so he comes across like a seven. Yeah. And I just, I think that that's a very accurate
0: way to put it. Um, he would also like exploit the other students for their lunch money.
1: <laughs> like he- most classic bully behavior.
0: But not like bully them into giving it to him; straight up stealing it because they were blind
1: yeah yeah the hitman shit like
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um he for audio (laughs) listeners they're gonna be like what did he just do (laughs) don't worry about it but don't check your wallet um (laughs) so when he was six years old he left home and moved into the blind school dormitories (laughs) he's like man i am killing
1: it here i'm the king of shit mountain let me in
0: (laughs) and uh After he graduated uh, the School for the Blind, he moved to Tokyo, where he sought enrollment in Tokyo University and was declined. Uh, They're like, your grades aren't good, and you're an asshole. (laughs) Uh, But he then went to a junior college and graduated in March of 1975. And became a apprentice to an acupuncturist. Okay. And was like, I'm going to do this. Yeah, that was the beginning of a long career of alternative medicine. Yeah. yeah. Um, he then married a local college student in 1977 and had six children with her. Jeez. Um, and then he was like, you know, uh, I'm going to start my own acupuncturist like facility. Oh, yeah, because things are going well enough, you know, he the money's there. He said he and learned he enough. he had six
1: kids to support, man.
0: And he started researching holistic medicine because usually acupuncture, acupuncture and holistic medicine goes hand in hand. Yes. So yeah. he started his own acupuncture. What would you call that firm? Um. Studio. What do you call? <laughs> what do you call it? What do you call a suntan
1: place? Gross. Salon. Acupuncture salon. Salon. Yeah, he opened an acupuncture salon.
0: Um, and then he started a pharmacy with the acupuncture salon um
1: which would have been a relatively common
0: move yeah uh when i was talking about what he went to school for did you ever hear me say pharmaceutical school (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's because he didn't go to school. he
0: didn't no this is like
1: but this is holistic medicine this is like homeopathic stuff what ironically would be referred to as eastern medicine here yes you know um but and i can say that there's definitely like at least in China. I didn't live in Japan. I only visited Japan. But um, living in China, I can definitely say that... First of all, there's two different pharmacies. Like, when you're walking down the street. Yeah. Yeah. There's, like, a traditional pharmacy. And then there's the modern pharmacies. And, yeah, the traditional pharmacies still... Like, even the young people go there for the odd homeopathic thing. Yeah. But it's, it's like,
0: like... Do I go into this one and get Zoloft? Or do I get go into this one and get, like, ginseng tea?
1: Yeah, but it's, like, a little less... It's usually stuff that... Um, is less the the efficacy is less less provable yeah if it's like a thing that there's a direct medication for most people will just take that medication um or like if you have heartburn you know you'll get an antacid yeah not that, that really happens as much like a different diet but um i'm sort of on a tangent now but just to <laughs> say that it it's not as we're going to present it as him being a con man because he was a fucking con man he was however um culturally it's not seen quite as uh i don't know fake as we're going to portray it and as we see it to be
0: oh yeah yeah um well because he never went to pharmaceutical school no he went to clown college uh, he went he went to needle college yeah he gets arrested in 1982 for selling unregulated medicines and that was against uh, japanese pharmaceutical laws Uh, he didn't go to jail but because of it his acupuncture studio and fake pharmacy went bankrupt. And he was like, well, I need a new line of income. So once he gets out, he decides that, you know what? I studied yoga in 1977. I'm going to start my own yoga studio. So in 1984, he decides to form a company called Om Shinshin Nokai, which was a yoga school and publishing house. Which, for again, for an altered Like an alternate
1: medicine, alternate Mm -hmm. an alternative medicine uh, doctor like himself. That's not that surprising because they're also gonna wanna write when you're um, when. The yoga and the medicine and all that stuff is sort of like the contents of the catalog that he's got to sell. Yeah. And it helps if he can print a literal catalog. Well,
0: it, it's like the, the people you'll run into on the street sometimes that'll have a stack of different like self-help books, self like self-published self-help books. And they're like, hey, check this out. Oh, no, you can keep it. You can donate some money to me though. I'll take $20. And it's like, no, I'm not gonna buy your shitty book.
1: If I was doing that, I'd record it on tape and then I'd give it to the dudes that are always passing out their demos. I'd be like, go pass out my book on tape. (laughs) New religion demos. Uh, Yeah, so he wanted to start. I think he was just trying to find another way it'll come up over the course of the conversation but Shoko definitely had a desire to be seen as legitimate. He did. And, and you we you know we brought up his schooling to kind of bring up the fact that he was insecure mm-hmm. about a lot of things and I think you just see it in the way he behaved. So him wanting to start his own world through a yoga studio and a publisher makes sense.
0: Yeah, uh, listen to me, I have so much to say. So he opens the yoga studio in 84 And over the next three years, he gains a little bit of a following. He takes people in, he um, teaches them yoga, he teaches them this self-help, but he's like, don't pay me. He's like, you can't pay me. I'm not true of heart, I'm not fully enlightened. Um, So what he does is he goes to India and he learns yoga and enlightenment in India and comes back in 1987. And he's like, I'm fully enlightened now, you can start paying me, also, my name is now Shoko Asahara, and this yoga studio is now Om Shinrikyo. Which... I mean, all,
1: again, all that, you know, he found his new identity. He, this dude's full of shit in a lot of um, uh, ways. I just, one of the few ones is actually kind of have respect for the not taking money until he's fully enlightened. Now, yeah him deciding when he's enlightened you know just that's something yeah and at the very best trivial but still at least it's kind of admirable that he was like no not yet <laughs> but maybe he was just building hype you know oh but yeah it just
0: well if <laughs> you tell one, two people not to give you money it's way different than now having 150 people that can give you money yeah
1: that's true it's true anyways Everyone. follow our
0: patreon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: we have a patreon if you'd like to support us in a financial way
0: So in August of 1989, two years after he comes back and is like, we're Om Shinrekyo, I'm uh, Shoko Asahara, you can give me money now. Um, Also, guys, guess what? We're going to be a religion, not just a yoga studio. Do you think he also got a haircut? No, he was growing his hair out. It just seems like the type of thing. Like he gets a new
1: shirt, and he's like, is him coming back from being enlightened has some real first day, first day of school vibes. Yeah, you know? like he's walking in, like yeah. He walks in with you his can call Hollister shirt,
0: his Hollister shirt and his uh, cargo shorts. I'm not saying that from experience. I am. That's what I wore on my first day of school. Uh, I didn't, because I'm not a loser. <laughs> Hey man, I I transferred from a Catholic school with uniforms to a public school. I didn't know what to wear. Yeah, man, wearing uniforms in high school would be rough,
1: especially if you're suddenly told you don't have to because you've been. Oh, I have to know how to dress. Now. Yeah, I. So I went
0: uh, <laughs> into middle school and you just it was keep like
1: wearing the <laughs> uniform. You just wearing a uniform anyway. I just wear, wear slacks and a button-up the, shirt. Yeah, why do you dress like this? Like I don't. This is default. This is all man. I got.
0: That's all I do. It was either Hollister and cargo shorts or. Completely matching Under Armour outfits. Yeah, I didn't know how to dress Uh, (laughs) anymore. You did
1: not. So,
0: in August of 1989, uh, they decide to submit themselves as being an actual religion.
1: I definitely would have been wearing probably a bowling shirt at that age, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know, I wasted all <laughs> like that time. Like be... a <laughs> Yep, for sure.
0: Um, and the Tokyo Metropolitan Government actually granted OM official religious corporation status. Which is a big
1: deal. That's a really big deal. It is
0: a big deal because the law provided the OM various privileges, including tax breaks and de facto immunity from government oversight and prosecution. Well, I was going to say, yeah, that's
1: probably the biggest one because there are like anti-cult lawyers and organizations through the Japanese government. Yes. They are pretty on top of
0: cult activity, as it were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I got in this argument, uh, like six or seven years ago uh, in a rhetoric class. And I
1: have not let it go, so I'm going to bring it up on my hobby podcast.
0: because someone was like, (laughs) uh, well, cults are dangerous. Like, join a religion. And I was like, dude, the only difference between a religion and a cult is the government's okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, well, there are a few things, but, yeah, yeah. by and large, you know, organized paradigm being organized into uh, thought and rule and structure You know, that's all in the, like, faith that somebody you can't prove is watching. Yeah. Yeah, it's a religion. It's 100% a religion. It's, uh, It's fascinating that just getting that designation protects them as much as it does. Because with Ohms, specifically, and we'll talk about this, but they were pretty flagrantly hiding behind the shield of, like... A nanny, nanny, boo, boo. Like, no, uh, yeah. we're a religion. You can't, uh, uh-uh. well,
0: yeah. So, uh, underneath this Japanese religious corporation law, uh, after a group is fully recognized, authorities are not permitted to investigate its religious activities or doctrines.
1: Yeah, so they can't just like watch meetings and stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's it's a broad interpretation, but it covers almost everything the religious group does, including what would normally be viewed as for profit corporate activities. So, like starting businesses or taking money from people while well, if you were a corporation the government could track that and uh do an audit and look yeah. at you oh yeah no you definitely
1: have like the advantages that are you know a religious organization has yeah. uh
0: under this they're they're safe from that and they took this recognition as high priority well it's like in
1: america well uh, the entire world the catholic church is the largest land-owning entity yes and they don't pay any taxes like people talk about bezos and shit which you should but Like, the Catholic Church doesn't pay any taxes. Yeah. uh, And they uh, occupy more land than anybody else on the planet. I would argue they probably owe us some money, too.
0: (laughs) Including, I don't know if you read this. This is another news story that I just saw a couple days ago. We're we're done with headlines, Caleb. I know, but this ties into this. The Department of Justice just seized the Ballad of Galgamesh from Hobby Lobby. I know. Well, so
1: Hobby Lobby that's a thing we should that's probably an episode that we should do is about hobby lobby because hobby lobby specifically uses a lot of their money to like not to use this term let's be honest this podcast is never going to be fucking monetized on youtube (laughs) anyway but they do a lot of nazi ass shit like they steal old religious things that they're not supposed to have and they hide them and shit and i would imagine then Cast them and make uh, really, really intense Christmas decorations out of them
0: that you can buy for four year cents. Round. Yeah, yeah. that you buy year round as well? Fucking Hobby Lobby. Would you like an ancient uh, religious artifact, or maybe like a "Live, Laugh, Love" poster? <laughs> and it's, it's, Shoko <laughs> it's the same. Right.
1: And he's like
0: floating, and he's like, <laughs> like in the anime. We'll get to that. So, uh, being registered as a legally recognized religion, Om's activities in. Their overall demeanor drastically changed. Sure, Um, its net worth grew from less than four point three million dollars to over a billion dollars in six
1: years, which is crazy for any organization. Oh yeah, you know, let alone one that doesn't have to really tell you where that money is coming from, where it's going, what they're doing with it. You know, it's a that's a lot of fucking money, and they owned a lot of property too. Yes. Yeah, Uh,
0: and because of that, not only did its money grow, its membership grew as well. Well, the reason that its
1: money grew is because the membership grew. Yes, so we'll talk about that a little bit, like with recruitment. Again, by no longer being considered by you being a a legitimate religion, you can't be persecuted as a cult anymore. Which means that you can uh, campaign for. Uh, members, membership drives and stuff anywhere you want. Yes. You, and you can do a lot more to get people to join that you couldn't do before. You can do much more public things without any sort of scrutiny. So their membership shot up quickly because the reason there's a lot of control over this in Japan is because cults also have a tendency to kind of take off. Oh, yeah. Um, and with Ohm because they they were an they spoke of ascetic practices so your life should be as minimal as possible you should only have the things that you absolutely need um, they when you joined and following as we talked about shoko's approach to enlightenment and money because he was the only truly enlightened one you had to forfeit all of your material wealth to Shoko when you joined Ohm. Yes. So, yeah, like the reason that their money shot through the roof is because if you owned anything, be it a, you know, probably not a car because Japan that's more expensive, but a home, an apartment, obviously any of your possessions, all of your liquid cash, all that sort of stuff, you had to sign it all over. So they were stacking shit up
0: fast. They were, and in 1989, uh, or 1984 when the group First, decided to become a religion. They had a handful of people. They had maybe a couple dozen, and then in 1992, uh, they had 10,000 members. And then 1995, which is a big event for Ohm, uh they had 50,000 worldwide followers. Yep. Yeah. So this was not a small, not a small organization, not a small cult. And uh, starting in 1989, they became way more aggressive and dangerous.
1: Uh, quickly, before we move on, I just want to—we're going to get into death cult stuff yes last note on recruitment i'll leave a link to it Uh, i can briefly play a little bit of it while we're talking about it but Ohm put out an eight part recruitment anime and and it is is, hilarious oh god it's totally worth watching too it's really interesting so each one of the uh, episodes is one of the like tomes of enlightenment so it's like one of the lessons yeah um so one of the things that shoko used to do to convince Shoko, like, would go on TV and claim to have psychic abilities. He would do psychic surgery. He claimed to be a healer. He claimed to do a lot of things. But the silliest fucking thing he claimed to do was levitate. Mm -hmm. And the way that he would levitate is he would sit cross-legged and he would bounce up and down on a trampoline, Uh, which is really, you know, that's a fun thing to do, I'm sure. You know, we've all done that. You've all tried to bounce yourself. You know, you push down on your knees to get yourself to bounce on a trampoline. Um, So that's hilarious to me. Um, and the first episode of this anime is Levitation. It's all about... Which is very appropriate. Um, Shout-outs to Baby's transphobic, fucking homophobic
0: ass, you asshole. I don't know who's surprised, <laughs> but speaking of levitating... Just Baby just... Rapping over medieval flutes and being homophobic. I hate gay people. <laughs> do, 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 do. Don't hey. take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to clip that. I'm just torture you with it. Like,
1: we don't have any. We don't have a lot of fans, but we're gonna have zero after this. Bunger's gonna be like, "I'm sorry, man. I just can't stick with you anymore."
0: No, after, <laughs> you, after you played the pan flute and then said you hated gay people, <laughs> I, I can't. Just, it's not for me, man.
1: You know oh, we don't no. do that around here.
0: So with its dramatic growth coming up. Uh, a lot of family members and parents of Omer recruits were like calling into the police and being like, Hey, my kid or daughter or husband was kidnapped by this cult. Yeah.
1: Cause they're, you know, we've been talking about the fun side of recruitment. But yes. They, they would also kidnap people. They'd leverage people. This is mafia shit. You know, they would snatch somebody and be like, well, if you want things to be good again. Yeah. Yeah. Now they were a dirty ass group. Like they, when we talked at the beginning, you know, I, I, had to defend people like Jim Jones to yeah. say that sometimes there are altruistic people who start cults and things get crooked or things are um, maybe not quite altruistic in the way that we see them, but Shoko never had that intention. They were snatching people no. up. He was building an army. Like yeah. his, This feels so much like the child soldiers of insert, impoverished country that America has destabilized, you know, because it just feels so much like he was snatching people up with the intention. Because, guys, they were a doomsday cult. They were not a... You know, like the davidians the branch davidians to go back to koresh they were a doomsday cult in the sense that they believed that uh koresh was the keeper of the seventh seal which was going to bring with it the end of the world as we know it and pass everyone on to the christian afterlife because if you guys have seen our first episode we talk a lot about the apocalypse and we sort of come to the conclusion that it turns out really the only people who believe in the apocalypse are the indians a little bit and Basically Christians. yeah. And Shoko's religion while he was enlightened in India is very heavily influenced by Christianity Mm -hmm. and specifically like doomsday Christianity. So his ideas weren't any different from what we see from other, you know, uh, doomsday Christians, but it's not the same as what we saw with like, um, oh, why can't I think of uh, Heaven's Gate? You know, like Heaven's Gate was a situation where you had a person who knew they were gonna die, but thought it was for a different reason. Yeah, Shoko always had the end game of everyone dying. In the name of Greater Ascension. So what hurts the most in retelling this story is knowing the whole time that this guy was taking people's money, he was taking everything they owned, and he knew, I'm just going to fucking kill you. Yeah. It was so predatory and so terrible.
0: Yeah. And... I just want to
1: make that clear, because I don't fundamentally hate cults. Yeah. we. Uh, I, have a, I have a whole section of my family that was in a religious cult, and they're not in it anymore. Predictably, it was in Florida. <laughs> um, but... Cults are real. The people who are in them are not inherently bad or stupid or any of those things. I mean, nobody is, and you shouldn't think that way. But that being said, I just think that the people here were being especially manipulated, and Mm -hmm. that's worth talking about when we talk about recruitment and we get into the brutality of what they would do.
0: Yeah, uh, and these families would be vocal about being against... Ohm, and they co- like created these anti-Ohm groups. It honestly
1: reminds me of the cartels. Yeah. It feels like the cartels. Like, You know your son's working for this drug dealer. You try to do something about it, and the cops are like, uh-huh, it's none of our
0: business. And uh, because they were like protected by the laws, uh, they decided to start these Ohm groups and go after them legally. And one of the prominent lawyers uh, was Tsumi Sakamoto. Yep. And he... Uh, represented a lot of these anti-Om groups, and when Om found out that he was part of all these groups that were going against him, trying to take members back to their families, they decided we can't have that. Yep. Uh, so, just so you know, trigger warning. This is where we get into some rough yeah. stuff.
1: Well, there's going to be a lot of violence. A uh, lot of violence. There's a lot of murder, and also the important thing to know about this cult. It's very like GTA culty activity mm-hmm. that they were really into gas agents. Uh, VX, if you guys listen to our story about the assassinate, when Kim Jong un killed his brother, he did it with VX. And VX is such a lethal poison that it was just rubbed on his face and he was dead in minutes. Yeah. That's what these guys are synthesizing. Like, part of the thing that made them so dangerous is their recruitment meant that they were able to bring in really smart, really capable people. Mm-hmm. So their members were. They had. Surgeons, they had doctors, they had scientists, they had people who specialized in uh, biochemical weapons, and that's what they predominantly. They sarin is what they're best known for, and we'll get into some of their sarin attacks, including their very substantial sarin attack in Tokyo. But you know they used a lot of these chemical agents, yeah, and that I think that's an important thing to know going into this because I think it sets the tone. A person's, any true crime fan can tell you that the way somebody murders somebody says a lot about their character and how they operate. Right. And Shoko would rather put all of this money and investment into creating these silent killing devices than just brutally take these people out. The yeah. cartel will just shoot you in the street. Yeah. You know, it's very different. He was clearly trying to create a world where he was in the right. When a drug dealer pops a corner boy that drug dealer does not go, oh, I'm morally correct here. He goes, that's the game. Yeah, I don't think Shoko saw it that way. I think he saw himself as creating a pure existence. not dissimilar from, you know, Mussolini and the fascists or Hitler and the Nazis. This was a person who was convinced that he was creating a better world and he was going to do it through whatever brutal means necessary. Yeah. And those means were brutal. And they were a brazen group. You know, they were they had acquired a lot of really to set the table here for this attack they had been su- incredibly successful in their recruitment they mm-hmm. were well known shoko was getting into politics in the zeitgeist everybody knew who these people were yes. across japan um they were gaining a tremendous number of members you know they were over 10,000 people at this point so People felt like they were part of a movement. It's not different from, you know, QAnon or something like that when people joke about that being a cult. It's because it's a cult in the same way that this was. It's a militarized cult.
0: Yeah. So once they found out that Sakamoto was helping these anti-OM groups and very vocal about his distrust and hate towards OM, they actually kidnapped him and his family and made them disappear. They were later found in barrels in a bog outside of Japan or outside of Tokyo. Um, But they did that and nothing happened like there was an investigation um they were like oh we're immune like to the government well yeah why wouldn't that embolden you you know
1: like you take this very daring chance you're like we're gonna make a move on this agent of the law this guy's a he's a lawyer yeah you take out a lawyer and his entire family, and the story is pretty brutal because they ended up taking out his family because it was raining that day. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to meet him at a train platform and take him out with gas, but he never got on that train. Or no, he was on the train, but because it was raining, the gas wouldn't function. Yeah, so, so they followed d- him home. Yeah, and ended up shooting him and his wife. It was a really brutal thing. And of course, then his kids... Yeah. like. It was also the first. It was their first, like, very daring ploy, but in a very Coen Brothers like way. I want everybody to know that there's a lot of dark comedy and how often these guys fucked up. Mm-hmm. They could have been one of the most devastating terrorist groups ever, and they just fucked up so often. Oh yeah. They fucked up so. They screwed up gas attacks so often. So we'll get into that. But keep in mind, a, you know, a little yakety sacks in the back of the brain for the occasional fuck up. So yeah, they were supposed to get this guy. They ended up getting him at the house. Mm-hmm. They get his whole family, and they make everybody disappear. Nothing happens. So they're like, oh, fuck, we can kill whoever we want. Yeah, and they decided... In public, I could. What did Trump say? I could shoot somebody and 42nd... I could shoot seconds. everyone
0: day. Yeah. Everyone, every minute on 42nd Street, nothing would happen. Yeah. Um, but they were like, well, nothing's going to happen with the government. We should just take over the government. So uh, Asahara and multiple of his hierarchy members decide to run well they're qualified people as we said you know like it's not these aren't loony bins this isn't
1: joe dirt and his hobo army you know it's which never happened but in my mind it exists (laughs) and it's beautiful it's it's actually in the new space jam movie uh it's the worst part somehow that big (laughs) big chungus but yeah i mean they had a lot of qualified people so it would make sense that having some of them run for office would not only be viable but you know
0: Probably a good idea. So they decided to start their own party called the Shinrito, and they were very confident that they were going to win not only Asahara, but the 24 other members of his inner circle. Which also speaks to their hubris, because how many did they win, Caleb? Zero. <laughs> um, Asahara received a mere 1,700 votes out of 500,000 votes cast. Oof. And to add to that humility, He was supposed to get at least 1,500 votes just from members of Ohm, Not all of them voted for him. Yeah, imagine the
1: temper tantrum he must have thrown. He's probably like, I'm going to figure it out, and when I do, you're fucking dead. He killed his entire cult because nobody would fess up.
0: uh, Because of that, and because of the murder of the lawyer, they decided to get more aggressive. So 1995, um, which is a big year for them, they started manufacturing ak-74s okay um they were found like blueprints for it were found in a car owned by an ohm member and when they went to go investigate one of the buildings that ohm owned there were thousands of ak-74s in parts and fully built
1: well they started building those guns though after they were raided and they were raided because they used to have a facility in tokyo Uh, in which they were, as it turns out, synthesizing and trying to aerosolize anthrax. Yes. Uh, So they had this small factory building that this yellow smoke was coming out of on a regular basis. But this black tar, like,
0: dripping out the outside.
1: Yeah, and the people in the surrounding area were slowly starting to get sick, and as they were making more reports, uh, it turns out that it was pretty clearly some sort of Bio agent, and there was something coming from this building. So they got a tip that they were going to get raided. So they got everything out of the building. But when they, because the way that it works is like the cops showed up and they were like, "Hey, we want to look," and they're like, "You got to come back with a warrant." And when they came back with a warrant, everything was gone. Yes. But they've very clearly been manufacturing anthrax in there, and then later on admitted to not only uh, manufacturing anthrax in that facility, but aerosolizing it. And what was coming out of those chimneys was aerosolized anthrax because they were trying to just Slowly. Indiscriminately kill everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah. And when they got raided, they decided, oh, well, we're going to need to be able to protect ourselves while we're creating things like sarin, VX, and anthrax. So let's start making AKs. They move out to a facility at the base of Mount Fuji. Uh, and that facility would go on to be sort of like, I don't know, their cartoonish headquarters. Yes. Let's stop right there because there's a... Yep. Yeah, And then we'll start... I'm going to just finish talking about those headquarters if you don't mind. Am yeah. I moving around in your thing?
0: Uh, a little bit, but it's still going forward.
1: This facility is this, you know, several acre, or several acre, or several dozen acre ranch at the base of Mount Fuji, and it's a sheep ranch. And they did that, it turns out, because they were. Uh, experimenting all their poisons on those sheep yes the sheep were for. yeah so they were manufacturing sarin they were really into sarin which we'll get into very shortly here when we get into their bigger attacks but they liked using sarin on a large level uh yeah so they start building guns at this facility sorry continue
0: oh they also um break into uh Prominent laser manufacturer. Yeah, to they steal did. Steal blueprints to make laser weapons.
1: Yeah, and then they who was building the tanks? They broke into.
0: Yeah, um, that was. Was that Mitsubishi? That's Mitsubishi Heavy Machinery. Yeah,
1: well, it's it's the same Mitsubishi. Yeah, but, they just make uh, everything.
0: They broke in there to steal blueprints for a tank, <laughs> which is sick. One of my like silliest hijinks. I think. Oh, the the helicopter story is they bought a helicopter. <laughs> uh, A military helicopter. A military... Like a Russian military helicopter. A Soviet-era military helicopter. And we're not talking
1: about a Huey. This is not a Vietnam helicopter. This is a goddamn... Helicopter.
0: And they then snuck it into Japan. <laughs> Wheeling it quietly across the border. You might be thinking, did they fly it? Nope. They brought it over on a boat yep. and then they put it on a truck and snuck it in with like tarps over it.
1: Yeah. Well you can't sneak it in through the air. That's, yeah, that's pretty true.
0: obvious, yeah. Um some other things they tried to dip their feet in was nuclear weapons. Yeah, they tried to buy nuclear weapons. And seismological weapons. Yeah, earthquake bombs. They were they used Nikola Tesla had a couple designs for earthquake weapons that they were trying to recreate, but never were able to do it correctly.
1: We should try to recreate one of those for a video. (laughs) Two very small-scale podcasters go to prison for a long time. Yeah. accidentally created Earthquake.
0: So, like you said, they were super into sarin, and sarin wasn't the first thing that they tried to weaponize. No. The first thing they tried to weaponize, like we said, was Anthrax, by yep. aerosolizing it and trying to poison the people surrounding that warehouse. Then they tried to Weaponized botulism.
1: Yeah, Botox. They really love botulism. Yeah, so bo- for those who don't know, Botox is just botulism. Botulism is a uh, a nerve debilitating bacteria. It's most commonly known, I think, in canned foods. Right? Like yes, you get told that if you that can if, it wrong. Yeah, because because botulism can definitely grow inside a, a can that's been improperly canned. Um, but botulism in and of itself is sort. It's a fungus, so it's sort of like uh mushrooms or mold something like that um it it grows in a similar fashion Mm -hmm. so you can grow it and that's what they were doing and when you grow it you can then try to synthesize just the the actual um the botchilium toxin uh which that's what that's the nerve agent that's what'll kill you but that is also what they put in botox to be clear that's what Mm -hmm. botox is that's why it Per, does quote what unquote, does. yeah, prevents wrinkles. It's just destroying the nerves in your face. Um, so people who get a lot of Botox can't make any emotions. Uh, 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 their faces are fucking frozen. But yeah, so they tried, but they were pretty shitty at that. They were very bad. <laughs> they, were, um, they were botulism toxin creators. They were or farmers. They were not.
0: It also they did that. It failed. Then they moved to trying to make their own uh, somewhere between chlorine gas and mustard gas. Yeah. By having two separate packets lighting one of the packets on fire and when it would burst both of them it would mix and create this toxic gas every time they, they tried to do it four times in bathrooms at subway stations every time it'd be too far apart so you just have one flaming bag <laughs> it wouldn't bust the other bag and the police would come in there would just be a trash can on fire they'd be <laughs> like oh that's weird and they'd like dump water on it and they're like Oh, they were trying to make mustard gas, but failed. (laughs) Four different times they tried to do that approach, and it just straight up failed.
1: Each time it was put out by your neighbor, running out, stamping on it. (laughs) It feels so much much like somebody just
0: lighting a bag of dog shit on the porch. Um, Then they started producing sarin, and they got real good at producing sarin. Sarin the magician. To the point where they planned to produce 70 tons of sarin within 40 days.
1: That's so many dead people. Yeah. Uh, the sarin again, so sarin can be aerosolized and it takes, what, like half a drop of sarin to be fatal?
0: Yeah, it just basically needs to enter your system in any way possible and it will kill you. It's brutal, man. Um, so with that before-mentioned helicopter, they purchased it to try to fly over Tokyo and dump sarin out of this helicopter over Tokyo. They were gonna dump 30 kilos of it,
1: dude. I to this day, I'm. I mean, it's gonna happen. It's it has to happen at some point. But I'm amazed every day that there hasn't been some like biochemical or like um, explosive drone attack. Mm-hmm. Because it would be so easy. Drones fly themselves, and like there are even agricultural drones. <laughs> this is not advice, but maybe I'll do a video on it at some point. I've always wanted to take one of those agricultural drones that sprays pesticides mm-hmm. and put mace in it. Because I feel like that would be a really great crowd dispersal. There was a lot of stuff last year with crowds. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Lots of angry was. crowds. I feel like it would be a good way to disperse a crowd. But imagine putting sarin in one of those things mm. and just fly it through Coachella and everybody would be fucking dead. I
0: did not give anybody that idea. So, But if it happens, I told you so. Um, but they got really involved in sarin to the point where... They even wrote a song about it. Yeah, Saren the Magician. I love that song. song Sing of it to Saren, myself in the shower. the Magician. And these are the lyrics. It came from Nazi Germany. A little dangerous chemical weapon. Saren, Saren. If you inhale the mysterious vapor, you will fall with bloody vomit in your mouth. <laughs> Saren, Saren, Saren. The chemical weapon. Song of Saren the Brave. And the peaceful night of Matsumoto City. People can be killed even with our own hands. The place is full of dead bodies all over. There, inhale Saren. Saren, prepare Saren. Prepare Saren. Immediately, poisonous gas weapon will fill the place. Spray, spray. Saren the brave. Saren.
1: Jeez, jeez, what a song, man! And I don't understand what music that's supposed to be set to. It's it reads like slam poetry. It does. Saren, Saren, Saren. Where were you, Saren? Uh, would you like to, so in that poem, they mentioned Mats, Matsumomo City. Would you like yes. to talk about what happened in Matsumomo City?
0: Uh, so that was their first big sarin attack. Um, they, a lawsuit was going against them, and they decided to kill three of the jurors. They are like, hey guys... Uh, If we kill the jurors, they can't prosecute us. Well,
1: they were known to, they would commonly bribe jurors and stuff. Yes. A hung jury was kind of their preferred. For those who don't know, we talked about this last week too, but hung jury is when the jurors have been um, compromised, when you can't trust them anymore. And it's a really easy way to get out of a a case if you can't tamper with evidence and you can't just tamper with a witness. Yeah. Just get a hung jury, just bribe some of them and let the cops
0: find out. So they tried to bribe them, the bribes didn't work. So they tried to follow the jurors back to their homes, but the law kind of knew that that was going to happen. Well, yeah. So what they did is they housed all the jurors and all the judges in this dormitory. It was away from the courthouse because the original attack was going to be on the courthouse. When they missed their chance, they were going to attack them at their homes. When they found out that wasn't a thing, they found out that everyone involved in this court case was staying at this dormitory. So what they did is they converted this refrigerator truck to aerosolize sarin and have a big fan on it. Yep. And they- Well, refrigerator trucks usually do have a big fan on it. Well, them. yeah. Yeah. Um, you so just gotta turn it around. What they did is they found the dormitories and they parked 15 miles from this dormitory on a hill and figured out the wind pattern, aerosolized, sarin gas and had it drift over to the dormitories it killed eight people and harmed 500 more
1: yeah man the the like the splash damage for this stuff is insane like there's so many cases where you know we're gonna start getting into the body counts here but there are so many cases where you know there's eight people dead mm-hmm. but there's 500 injured and yes it's because it's such a pro like i get that they were like oh we're gonna be sneaky and it'll It'll go through the air, and no one will ever know what happened to them. But they also didn't really have, like, enough control over it. So it was just like, yeah, well, it's going to hit a bunch of people on the way, and there's going to be fallout, and it's going to go in advance. Imagine driving your car through that neighborhood.
0: <laughs> they, they found why, that, are you, why are you late coming home from work? Oh, I died. I died. Investigators found out where the truck was parked because they found this conical shape of, like, bugs and snakes and frogs <laughs> Just Dead, dead stuff. It went over a retainment pond that had fish in it all the fish were dead um there were people that like got sick from visiting that retention pond like days later because it attached itself to the surface of the water and it would continue to poison things based on the uh, surface tension people got injured because it would get sucked into ac units and fill their rooms and so yeah eight people dead 500 injured i think about that happening now you know it's not like this was long ago but there weren't nobody was
1: streaming a game at the time imagine if you were like watching somebody i know this is weird yeah. like and snuff just, like, film shit but yeah they're just like playing out. a game and then a bio agent just takes their eyes start to boil as they die
0: um, fucking crazy to watch so later that year that was in june of 1994 later that year in december and then in january of 1995 they synthesized a hundred to two hundred grams of VX, so not sarin VX, the thing that uh, killed. And a hundred grams is so much. It's too much.
1: That's so much VX. That's I mean, if you so uh, it's going to have a similar density to water, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So that you know, a hundred grams of that—that's so that's what? That's like six ounces. Yeah, that's a lot of fucking poison for a
0: poison that all you got to do is go, and it kills you. So they attacked three people. Um, they believe two people were injured, and a 28-year-old man was killed. Uh, and it's because they suspected he was a spy. Jeez. And so at 7 a.m., as he was running, some agents came behind him and sprinkled it on the back of his neck. Um, he then chased them down for, like, 100 yards before collapsing. And then when he collapsed, he went into a coma and died 10 years later in the or Not 10 years, 10 days later oh, in fuck. the hospital.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's all of that's terrible, but 10 years would have been...
0: Um, when he was in the hospital, they thought he was poisoned with a uh, organophosphate pesticide. Okay. Which was common in, like, big factory farms. So there was one by where he lived, and he oh, would always run. And so they thought he just got that pesticide, and it, like, got into a system and got him into a coma. But it was actually VX. Man, VX is
1: terrifying. It's such an efficient killer. Knowing that an agent like that exists out there and that there are... Worldly state departments that use it—it has to make you sort of second guess every time somebody dies in like an efficient manner. Yeah,
0: Yeah. Um, they would then go on to more heinous things. Like in February nineteen ninety five, several cult members kidnapped uh, Kiyoshi Kiara. He was a sixty nine year old man who was a brother of a (laughs) of a member who escaped, and they kidnapped him to try to figure out where the escaped member was when he wouldn't give them up. They put him in a microwave powered incinerator. Holy shit, they nuked him to death. They put him in a microwave put him on the reheat option, and then once he was incinerated, uh, disposed of his remains in a lake. You gotta wait for uh, two to three seconds between the pops, that's <laughs> when you he know he's done. <laughs> um, Jeez, I'm,
1: geez, yeah, that's, that's messed funny. up, but it is kind of really funny. A micro, um, I didn't even know that was an option. Why hasn't that been in a Hitman game? I know, man. Micro? they got regular incinerator. It, it is. a an, Microwave incinerator with the light and the ding. It is in Kick-Ass, though. Remember the- Oh, it is. The
0: wood-treater microwave? <laughs> it that it they put is, together? yeah
1: yeah though the the
0: log dryer so in march 20th of 1995 uh they released their first binary chemical weapon which was very similar to sarin um in (laughs) new new binary chemical weapon just dropped they um released it on five trains in the tokyo subway system
1: yeah so i mean this is the biggest and probably best known of their attacks they took was it rush hour right
0: yeah rush hour um there are five different trains heading towards tokyo
1: towards their like largest central station and the idea was that um, they took plastic bags full of sarin and the, well they're, they're sarin
0: adjacent yeah, yeah. They're, they're sarin 2 if you will new sarin yeah to come back
1: to terry davis and elephant too. um yeah so it was uh it was uh, they were bags of sarin 2 and they poked them with umbrellas this is the most like 007 shit yeah uh, they, they poked put them
0: on the floor poked them with umbrellas yeah
1: and then that slowly because it's a liquid the liquids. I mean, the liquid would kill you if you touched it, but you're not going to touch it. But it will evaporate at room temp as it sits there. So it fills these trains slowly, but in enough time so that when the trains arrive at the main station, they're just full of
0: dead bodies, and all of that gas gets released into the station. And that's exactly what happened. Yes, um, it killed thirteen commuters. Seriously injured fifty four. And uh, permanently damaged the respiratory systems of 980 more.
1: That's crazy. Um,
0: and then, cleaning crews went in to try to fix it. They got affected. It said over a couple of days, as many as 6,000 people were injured by the sarin attack. That's Because you had you had the operators, you had people cleaning, you had people that didn't even realize it, and it would like drip out at different stations along the way, and that would aerosolize and injure people. So six thousand victims
1: so before we get into them because they would get arrested for this one yes Uh, before we get into that the question of course is why would they do all of this like why doomsday why kill everybody and it's not that dissimilar from uh koresh that they thought that he thought that he was going to start a war between the us and china right Mm -hmm. that was his goal so each of these attacks the idea was that it would look like a terrorist attack and they were hoping that it would cause enough disruption Um, based on Japan's relationship with both China and the U.S., that it would cause a conflict between the two of us that would lead to World War III, something that he, much like Nostradamus and a lot of other wrong people, you know, he said it was going to happen in 97, and then he said it was going to happen in 98, and he kept kept kicking the can down the road, and then in 95 he decided,
0: because he said 97, right? Well, he said 93, 93 came and went, 94, 94 came and went, 95, 95 came... He did this big attack, and the war still didn't start, and he was like, 97. It's going to be 97.
1: Yeah. So he, uh, his goal was always to try to start a, a sort of conflict through killing a lot of people. Uh, but that's why the Saren attacks. That's why they chose to specifically to kill people. That was the the advantageous thing about it. But, yeah, so they uh, let loose these bags of sarin. It's this mm-hmm. incredible attack, and that's not something that they were invulnerable from. And it no. should be made clear that at this point... They were under quite a bit of uh, surveillance. And while they felt that they were invincible, they were they were not invincible. They were kind of anything but right.
0: So this big Saren attack was the tipping point
1: yeah. for Ohm. Yeah, like that was like we were saying, you know, there's they weren't really getting persecuted and they felt bulletproof, but they were not. Yes. And this big thing was they were the authorities were waiting to close in on them, and this was exactly the thing that pushed their hand.
0: Um and one of the reasons they did the attack on the day that they did is because Asahara was tipped off by an insider about planned police raids on cult facilities and ordered the attack. He's like, hey guys, we're going to be raided. Do the attack now. Yeah, just do it now. Well, that backfired. Speaks to their ineptitude again. Yeah. Uh, the attack evidently backfired and police conducted huge simultaneously raids or simultaneous raids on cult compounds across the country. Um, and over the next week, everything was revealed. Like, everything that they did was tied back to them. Um, the Colt's headquarters at the foot of Mount Fuji, they found explosives, chemical weapons, and the helicopter. So they're like, hey, how'd that get here?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because you imagine not knowing they had that, and then like finding plans for tanks and laser sharks, and then finding this fucking helicopter. We, I would be so glad that I caught him when I did. I'd be like, okay, well, we made the right move, obviously, because yeah. this was
0: about to get way worse than we thought. Also uh, in there was biological warfare weapons such as the aforementioned anthrax. Yeah. And Ebola cultures.
1: Yeah, we we didn't bring that little anecdote up, that little story. I guess we'll do that real quick. Yes. Um, what year was that? The '80s. Yeah, it was, I believe, '88. Yeah, Shoko took a bunch of ohm members to Zaire on an alleged uh, goodwill trip. They were there to help with the Ebola breakout. It had just broken out, and they were there to help help out um allegedly and it turned out as we found out after they were arrested and everything was revealed um that's not what they were there for they were there to collect and then hopefully bring back and synthesize ebola yes yeah they were not there to help at all they were trying to get ebola at the source so that they could imagine how sick you fucking gotta be to see that
0: happening and being like oh shit new weapon just dropped we gotta get to Zaire. yeah um there was also a stockpile of chemicals that could be used to produce enough sarin to kill four million people god damn
1: and Uh, the helicopter
0: to do it with at another facility police found laboratories to manufacture drugs such as lsd uh meth and a crude form of truth serum well yeah well their their chemical
1: truth serum thing we'll get into in a second but their abilities as chemists it's valuable yes and they made a lot of their money for what they were doing and they traded a lot of things for those guns listen when you're already selling guns illicitly and you're making them it helps if you also uh make and manufacture drugs or vice versa because you're going to have a lot of the same connections yes so there were, there's a lot of claims that haven't been validated and probably never will be that they made and sold LSD for the Yakuza, amongst other drugs. And that's where they got some of their uh, gun parts, and the, they allegedly exchanged weapons with them as well.
0: Yeah, uh, at another facility. But just to
1: be clear, LSD is the only thing I'm not going to give them shit for making. VX is terrible.
0: LSD is good for you. Um, At another facility there was a safe containing millions of U.S. dollars in cash and gold and cells full of prisoners. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And they have fucking everything. Shoko was legitimately a Bond
0: villain. And during these raids when they're like, what is up with all these chemical stockpiles? You're under arrest. They were very adamant. They're like, we're making fertilizer. (laughs) <laughs> they're like this is how you make sarin and this is enough to kill millions of people they're like no it's fertilizer well, we're getting real big into farming <laughs> yes. farm to table uh, and so over the next six weeks 150 cult members were arrested harm to table that's good I'm That's done. good. I'm dead with the podcast I'm going to be quiet for the rest <laughs> of it I'm going to power down um, oh. they were then like just getting arrested by the handfuls <laughs> just up. Hey, dude. Ohm. Yeah, man. Arrested. Call Godzilla. We need him to arrest some people. Arrested. 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 Uh, March 30th. You're arrested. you're arrested. You're arrested. 1995, the chief of national police. Dude, what if they used
1: Oprah to sting people?
0: You're arrested. And you're arrested. You're all arrested. are <laughs> um, all people with warrants and they bring them down. They all they... get free tickets in the mail. <laughs> um, the... You get six years and you get three years. The chief of national police was shot four times near his house because so many members were getting arrested, but he survived, and he was like, oh, now I'm arresting everyone. Well, dude, what you... Yeah, shot me. Yeah,
1: you come at the king, you best not miss. Like, fuck, these guys and their ineptitude. We talked about the four bags they managed not to set off or the fact that they couldn't create botulism or, like, half of this other shit that they couldn't accomplish, but I think is. I wonder if, because, you know, we see these shades of ineptitude. Uh, I mean, shooting the police chief but not killing him might be the most inept thing you could do. Because that's like, you're swinging for the fucking fences yeah. and you hit a foul ball. Like, <laughs> you, if you're going to kill Commissioner Gordon, you have to kill
0: Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. You can't not kill him. Then you're super duper fucked. Um, so amongst all these arrests... They decided to do a press conference on April 23rd, 1995. Ohm decided to do it, and the head of the Ministry of Science... everyone who was there. uh, ...was Hideo Murai, and he was outside the Tokyo headquarters with a crowd of 100 reporters, all with cameras, and he goes to do this press conference, and a guy comes up, stabs him, kills him. Which is wild that he stabbed him. Yes. Yeah, that makes it feel
1: like it was uh, unofficial... Like a non ohm issued murder because you'd think they would have used VX or something.
0: Well, it wasn't an Om murder. He was a Korean member of the Yamaguchi. Oh. Um, and he was then arrested and convicted for murder. And when they asked him why he did it, he wouldn't say. Okay. Many people theorize he was hired by uh, the Yakuza to tie up loose ends. Because as we theorized, they were selling LSD and weapons to the Yakuza. Yeah, well, they were, yeah, they were like, man, if these guys ever get arrested, we're fucked. Um, Later that day, uh, there was a burning paper bag discovered in a toilet in Tokyo's uh, Shinjuku Station, which was where one of the main media headquarters was. This, again, was the hydrogen cyanide thing with the two bags. They put it in a toilet. It extinguished itself. Um, Well, so that's what I was saying. Like, I wonder, these guys had this helicopter.
1: They have all this sarin. They can make all this stuff. And, you know, they could have gotten nukes. They have the ability to build tanks and who knows what else. And all that happened was they set off some sarin. And yeah, yeah, they killed dozens of people and it was terrible. And they were, I would argue, more of a terrifying force just as this group that, as this mafia. Yes. You know? But it's wild to me that they didn't, they had to be so fucking inept. Like we see these shades of ineptitude on the outside. But the fact that they had all this stuff and didn't kill millions of people makes me think like, God, these fucking idiots, man. It must have just been a real clown college at Om Shinrikyo University.
0: And then if that one did go off, the reason it was in the toilet is because there was a vent right above it. And the plan was for it to go off, go into the vent, and it was enough to potentially kill 10,000 commuters. Man. But the way they placed it... But they didn't! Yeah. <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like It was like on top of the toilet tank, it slipped in <laughs> and it extinguished itself. And then a couple of days later, um, there were several undetonated cyanide devices. Like I said, the four other ones... That were all at different places in the Tokyo subway. That also never went off correctly.
1: Do you think that that's because the real uh, weapons guy got arrested and his understudy was like probably? I could put figure to it task. out. He was like, "You figure out how to finish this." And he was like, "Okay, boss, I'll figure it out." And they just did a dumb job. He's an understudy who was not ready. The apprentice was not the master.
0: So after this happens, everything starts to crack down. After the yeah, chief of police is shot. After these attacks go on after their head of Ministry of Science was stabbed and killed in f- on live television, uh, they start cracking down. Numerous cult members were arrested for various offenses, um, but there were the superior members, like the Hierarchy Inner Circle, that got charged with subway gassings that had not taken place yet. Because when they raided one facility, they found like a day planner full of these events, and they're like, conspiracy you're arrested
1: i will say that um certain organizations when they get busted do a better job of either eliminating evidence or not accruing it in the first place Mm -hmm. ohm was not one of those organizations they had everything written down three times on sticky notes on the wall you know (laughs) like it was like hey man
0: remember to gas that tokyo subway station today (laughs) yeah who
1: was that idiot gop politician all that yeah well (laughs) yeah i should be more specific um, he took a picture of his computer, I don't remember what it was for, but he had his password. It might have been like Jim Jones or something. Mm. The other one um, also wants people to die uh, indiscriminately, but doesn't like black people. Um, the, the, the cult leader did. But he had his password on the bottom of his monitor. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me feel like that. It's real boomer ass. It's a very
0: boomer cult, you know? <sighs> yeah, yeah. Um, within this time, they started getting copycat attacks. Um, one specifically was in June. Uh, there was a hijacking of a Boeing 747 bound uh, to Tokyo, and the hijacker claimed to be an O member in possession of sarin and plastic explosives. But he was just a copycat. He didn't have sarin. He didn't have plastic explosives, and he found himself directly into jail. What a poser! Um, Asahara was uh, they raided another one of the cult's buildings. It was the Six Satan in a complex that they owned he was found hiding inside a wall
1: i had a cat that lived in a wall once i used to live in this old warehouse i know that i'm stealing the thunder of that reveal because it's fucking crazy what do you mean like
0: like like cask of the amontillado in a wall well there was a there was a false panel that he could then get okay. into the wall okay um the same day so he was found and arrested on may 16th the same day, cult members mailed a parcel bomb uh, to the governor of Tokyo, and they timed it incorrectly, and as his secretary picked it up, it blew off his fingers. Fuck,
1: man. Um, so You think you had a bad day at work. Yeah, man. Your boss is an
0: asshole. <laughs> mine cost me my fingers. <laughs> Give me coffee. Okay. Ah, shit. <laughs> hey, boss, <laughs> I can't get you that coffee. My fingers are gone.
1: We talk about it a lot. It's probably because we've been playing a lot of Hitman, but I feel that way when we're playing Hitman. Like So many of those poor people. Like There's like one security guy in certain levels that gets it every time, like the first 30 seconds into it because I need his outfit. Yeah. And right? I just feel bad for him. That dude just repeatedly
0: has the shittiest day at work. Oh, yeah just trying to have a cigarette, and I pushed him off a fucking cliff. So, with that, uh, Asahara is now in custody, and he gets charged with 23 counts of murder and 16 other offenses. <laughs> they Two just, counts of faking that levitation.
1: <laughs> Six counts of fake psychic surgery. I really do urge blind. everybody... Yeah, I do <laughs> urge everybody, if you want to look into more of this, look up his appearances on TV and stuff, like his psychic surgery shit. It was really... He was... You can see why people bought into it, because he was fully bought
0: into it. Um, The trial, which was dubbed the trial of the century, uh, ruled Asahara guilty of masterminding the attack, and they sentenced him to death. Um, They then tried to appeal the indictment. It was unsuccessful, and a number of senior members uh, were accused of participation. I wonder what the appeal even would be there. (laughs) Like, (laughs) hey, you did all these horrible things. No, I didn't. Shut up. All right, you got it.
1: Yeah, like, because it would almost, I feel like it'd have to be like an evidence based appeal. Because, yeah. You know, like, what's there to argue about? You were in no charge idea. of this cult that killed a bunch of people, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, all you of You were the on TV being in charge of it? Okay.
0: Inner circle members also received death sentences. And uh, a small circle of mostly senior owned members committed atrocities and personal involvement with Asahara. Uh, they were like, yeah, we just kind of did it because we had nothing better to do. Like, that was seriously their testimonies. They're like, I didn't really have anything going for me. At this time, the job market was crashing. yeah. So a lot of young uh, professionals were, like, graduating with, chemist- like, chemistry degrees and couldn't find jobs, so had to move back in with their parents and, like, work at corner stores. Yeah,
1: no, it's true. They're, you know, when when the market takes a shit, as we've all learned, either from, depending on how old you are, from... 2008 or from last year?
0: Uh, Asahara's defense was funny. Asahara was like, oh, I didn't know any of this was going on. Um, My health is getting real bad. I I haven't been paying attention. (laughs) And they're like, you serious? And then shortly after his arrest, he abandoned his post as the organization's leader and uh, just maintained silent, refused to communicate with lawyers and his own family members. And um, he then was, like, ordering different members to be murdered, like, secretly. Okay. On the 10th of October 1995, Aum Shinrikyo was ordered to be stripped of his official status as a religion and then declared bankruptcy in early 1996, but they continued operating. Uh, Some of Asahara's sons took over as leaders. They're like, well, dad stepped down. I guess we'll take over as leaders. That didn't go well. (laughs) Um, The uh, 1952 subversive activities prevention law rejected them from really doing anything. Um, But there was a loophole in that law that while they weren't really allowed to do anything or try to reclaim being a religion, they were also protected from being banned entirely because they were a religion at one point.
1: Okay. So man, that singular protection really yeah. carried for them, didn't it? Um, it was very strange. We should become a religious organization in Japan so it can be responsible
0: forever. Uh, but then that was rejected by the Public Security Examination Commission in 1997. Okay. So they were like, Om Shinrikyo cannot be a group anymore. You are not allowed to be a group. Y'all are canceled. So that caused some changes to happen. Yeah. In 2000, um, Asahara's two preteen sons were like, we're the gurus now, we're officially the gurus now, and we're renaming the group to Aleph. In the eyes of the law, that didn't change much. That was being like robbing a bank and being known that you robbed a bank and you're like, well, my name's Steve now. And they're like, cool, well, Steve, you still robbed a bank. That doesn't stop (laughs) you from robbing a bank.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't just change your name. Like, that changes everything. Um, And also, to be clear, Om Shinrikyo means, what, supreme truth, and Aleph means basically the same thing. So depending on what language it's in, you didn't really change the name.
0: Uh, They decided to change the doctrine. Uh, They removed anything related to the Bible and anything related to... uh, these very controversial Buddhist teachings that were like the violent section of Buddhism yeah that is very much been like that was weird we don't really talk about that so they stripped those two things out Um, they then apologized to the victims of the sarin attacks and established a special compensation fund and they're like hey guys we're sorry we're gonna get money for you we also stopped Publishing and doing any activities that alarmed society They're like we're gonna stop putting out these books. We're gonna stop doing crazy shit. We're gonna chill. Hey, man I'm gonna go to rehab. I'm gonna be good from now on new year new me um a Former member did not get arrested and became the official head of the religion as well okay, like underneath the two sons and then another legislator formed another anti-Om committee and was murdered in 2002. Like, up to this old shit. Did. Yeah.
1: Well, and we should, uh,
0: at one point, so what year did they break up? So, they technically broke up in 1997, and then Aleph was formed in 2000.
1: Okay, so yeah. When that happened, when they broke up, Aleph is still very much um, Om Shinrikyo, and the other half, Hakari Noa... Mm -hmm. Um, Hikari no Wa is very, like, um, (sighs) Hare Krishna. Yes. Like, they're very, like, Buddhist and happy and kind. And by that virtue, Hikari no Wa is no longer under surveillance by the Japanese government, but left very much is. Because the, the... prevailing thought is that Aleph is no different. Aleph is the exact same thing we've been dealing with for years. Yeah, and Hukari Nowa seemingly is totally different. It does just legitimately seem like these are the happy hippies that were in the group.
0: They yeah, Akari Nowa decided they're committed to uniting science and religion and creating a new science of the humankind uh, rooted in getting away from Om's criminal history and moving towards spiritual healing and uh getting back to that spiritual roots they they need to recharge their crystals and then in 2018 so uh hakari no actually became an official religion in 2007. so they were able to get back that religion like religious protection um in 2018 12 uh members were executed including including shoko shoko asahara
1: which by the way the redacted episode we thought it was very poetic and it turns out now, I guess, yeah, even more so given what happened to it, uh, we put up on the third anniversary of his execution. We did. And we found out all about it after we put it up and, <laughs> and how we would have to summarily remove it for exactly that. Well, not just that reason, but uh, we'll talk about it some other time. Uh,
0: Aleph was underinvested. They're still under close eye. Um, in April of 2011, it stated that they had 1,500 members left. Um, In July of 2011, they had 1,030, and they're actively dying, even though they started a social media platform and going to college campuses and trying to recruit people. Yeah, people say they're
1: dying, but, I mean, the majority of the members aren't even in Japan anymore. They're in Russia. Mm -hmm. And all that tells me is that I don't think they're going to keep dying. Like A lot of fringe activities have been able, especially ones that have made it... um, easy to find on the internet, have succeeded in Russia. Yeah. You know, we joke about Ukrainian Christmas. But, you know, I think there's, like, uh, I think there's probably fertile ground for them to grow
0: in Russia. Um, and then the last ohm related attack happened in 2019, a couple months after all of the members were executed. And that was a guy who drove his car into a festival. As uh, he stated, revenge for the... Revenge for the executions. Yeah, yeah. Um, He injured eight people. No one died, thankfully. Yeah, uh, He injured eight people, and once his car crashed, he got out and someone tried to like, grab a hold of him until the police got there, and he just decked the guy and started running. So nine people got injured. <laughs> but the guy did end up getting arrested and is still serving time, because that happened in 2019. I like to think that he, that car attack Happened because he was sitting in the car and he had a
1: little bit of poison and he fucking <laughs> dropped it and was like, oh shit! And he, <laughs> He's and, like, he and the <laughs> dude's like,
0: no, you gotta stop. He's like, you can't stop me, I gotta go! <laughs> just fucking just poison to in the car. car man. Yeah. Like... Um, but yeah, uh, as of that. There's been a steady decline in a left. Yeah, but, it uh, but
1: just, I feel like that just means they're going somewhere else. This was only two years ago, guys. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, this
0: there is a big rise, like you said, in
1: Russia. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I was at least we are we're talking to, we were going to talk about this a little bit before the Olympics. Now we're talking about it after they've started, but. I legitimately thought something might happen at the Olympics with these fuckers because it's been just long enough and the world is fractured in a way that I feel like a left poking their head up and throwing a bunch of sarin or VX at the Olympic crowd was possible. That's all.
0: That's kind of it with Ohm. Yeah,
1: they're still around. Keep your eyes sharp. Know what a left is. A-L-E-P-H. If you see it out there, if you see it on, I don't know, like... What are the... I was going to say title, but that's that's Jay-Z's failing music. Uh, uh, Telegram. Telegram, If you see it around there, or you see it, you know... Or on Twitter. (laughs) You hear Mike Lindell start tweeting, or whatever he's legally allowed to do now. You see him start talking about it on uh, Grabber, or whatever the fuck their thing was called. Uh... Be aware that they've been around and that it's a thing to take seriously. Don't just scoff at it if you see yeah. it in the same sort of frame of reference as QAnon or something like that. They're the real deal, and they kill the fuck out of people. They do. Yeah, um. which is, again, why our original episode was redacted.
0: <laughs> yeah, we kind of had to shift some things we around. <laughs> yeah, we had to tell the story a little differently. <laughs> uh, we make didn't a peace meet. with some people.
1: Yeah, we didn't want to meet some VX. Um, yeah, so interesting story, though. It, uh, a doomsday cult for the ages, definitely what people think of when they think of cults and they think of, you know, like that sort of murderous activity. That is 100% when Om Shinrikyo was. Like, without question, there was, it was, you know, weird New Age Eastern medicine combined with yeah. Christian sort of like end of the world. It feels it. Honestly, we joke around a lot about QAnon, but you can talk about the New Age to fascism. pathway that pipeline and this feels exactly there like this is a great example of it happening in another country another country where fascism has taken over before yeah so i think it's interesting to see um a group of people so willing to kind of be that ignorant given the current world that we live in you know and that said get fucking vaccinated I don't know what to tell you, but whatever you think is in there isn't. And whatever you think the government wants with you, they don't. You're a fucking bum. We're all fucking bums. I got one because I wasn't worried. There's nothing they could possibly want to do with me. I'm a fucking... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I got, like, one good eye. You know? Like, what <laughs> the fuck? Do you, well, I'm not going to be no sleeper agent. What do you want out of me? I got nothing for you. I'm out of shape. Sleepy agent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a sleepy agent. What's the government going to do? Watch me be stoned? Like... <laughs> <laughs> fuck, man. I don't know what to tell you. So yeah, uh, be good. We love you.
0: Hopefully you enjoyed this one. Caleb. Uh, Riddle time. Yeah, Caleb, give him answer to last week. So last week's was three lives I have. Gentle enough to soothe the skin. Light enough to caress the sky. Hard enough to crack rocks. What am I? The answer is water. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got washing your hands. We got rain. We got erosion. Yeah. It's water. Cracking rocks, I feel like, is a little... Yeah, over time. But do they crack? Anyway, continue. Uh, this week's is what has six faces but does not wear makeup, has 21 eyes but cannot see?
1: Let us know in the comments, y'all. That makes me think of a beast with 21 faces or whatever it was, the Japanese uh, murder group. I guess we'll tell that story one day. They <laughs> poisoned people. There was a whole big group. We'll talk about that some other time. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed this story of yeah. Japanese people poisoning other Japanese people. Um... We left it out, but uh, a closing comment, Om Shinrikyo, very anti-Semitic. So they were. So know that about them. Yeah, they were. Know that about their religion. If you they needed were.
0: another reason to hate them,
1: Yeah, we left that part Semitic. out because... It's not even worth mentioning, but yeah. at the end, if you've made it this far, if you've made it to the riddle, the bonus information that you get to know about Oma is that they were very anti-Semitic, and they were so anti-Semitic that uh, they didn't even know enough Jewish people, so they just declared a different class of Jewish people, just so yeah. they could be mean to them. But, uh, leaving on that kind of sour note, uh, they're they're done now, except for our left. Uh, we are also done. We'll be next... We'll. Geez. We'll, we'll be next week. We'll be next week. We'll be then. See ya. Bye, guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you so much. Enjoy.
0: He was like, what time will you be back? I was like, I don't know, like 2.30. He's like, oh, it's not like to keep tabs on you. it's So I know if I take a shower, no, I'm not walking around the house naked and you just pop in. What <laughs> on, time I did that. Don't do that I, anyway. I came back uh, from the pod and he was like, stay downstairs. <laughs> He's like, I did not grab a towel.
1: You should. You should. And what's great is he never watches the podcast, but this is going to be the final scene. And he's going to know that we all told everybody that you walk around the house naked, Tommy. It's weird. You're a grown-up. Put a towel on. Take it in there with you. You know how it works. You don't live alone. If you don't live alone, even as an adult, you should have a towel. That's just polite. Buy a food towel.